Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed your football night on Monday evening. We got another football night coming up this evening. We got football weekend coming up. We're going to get you prepared for all of that good stuff. So as per customary bonjour konnichiwa hola como esta good day eh? good day mate Udentag. and what's popping it's the fantasy football fiend himself zay as always i got my man young vanda on with me i let the people vanda fantasy fiends what's going on out there and my main man bro joe what's going on look so we got a lot to get into we got injuries galore Will they start? Won't they start? Sneaky start? Start of the week? We got it all coming your way, but let's start it out with the news. And now your fantasy news. We got quite a bit going on in the news today that pertains to injuries and people that you may have to pivot from that's also going to open up the conversation of people that you may be able to pivot to that this time last week wouldn't have been a fantasy option at all. Uh, We'll start out with a couple of guys that impact this evening's game. We got Odell Beckham Jr. who's facing the uphill battle to play. He still has that shoulder injury. It's not looking too good for this evening. They aren't ruling them out just yet. It's a 50-50 game time decision type of deal going on right now. So we do have OBJ that is unlikely to go. And if he does go, he'll definitely be dealing with an injury. He's still dealing with that uh, grade three AC joint sprain. Same team, same game. We have Jarvis Landry on the opposite end of the spectrum. It looks like he is likely to be activated and the Browns are expected to run him into tonight's game with Mr. Case Keenum due to the fact that Baker Mayfield won't be suiting up this evening due to a labrum. It's been reported that it's a full labrum tear in his non-throwing shoulders. So whether this is a one-week thing for Baker or if this is going to be a few weeks and he's going to opt for the surgery that's necessary to fully repair it, that's yet to be seen. Uh, But we will be finding out here very shortly. Just to finish up with the Browns this evening, we have Demetric Felton and Dearness Johnson, who are both running backs or depth pieces for Cleveland who should have starting roles this evening. We are definitely going to see how that goes if you don't have a a, a viable running back based on other injuries that have happened. Maybe the Nick Chubb, maybe the Hunt. There are a couple of other injuries out there as well, the running backs. Maybe you want to pivot this direction. And also with Demetri Felton, he has the designation on some of your platforms as a both a wide receiver and a running back. So Me personally, I'm not a real big fan of the offensive players on the Cleveland side, being that not only are they playing with a backup quarterback, I mean, you're now down to your third string running back. But to go off the Odell thing, if you do not have a wide receiver, I definitely look into the kid Donovan Peoples-Jones. Absolutely. 
who's uh, coming off a, a super game uh, last week. He had four catches, one-on-one, two touchdowns. And he should maybe have a little more familiarity with the quarterback, which is being the backup, Case Keenum. Exactly. Um, so I definitely think I will go with that guy if I really need a receiver for tonight. Yeah, I honestly don't want anybody on Cleveland, especially with it being a short week going against a Denver defense who's doing remarkably well against the pass. Dernis Johnson is a good look because Felton only had, I think, what was it, one touch. I don't think he saw a rep out of the backfield. I think all his three reps came at wide receiver. Uh, Dernis Johnson filled in pretty well. I think it was the year before last. He's a sneaky good play if I had to go with anybody on that side of the ball to probably get a touchdown. And we also have in that same game, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is likely to go tonight. He's still recovering from his injury. So it looks like he's going to be a, a full go this evening, although he has been limited in, in practice this week. Several other injuries that are out there right now that are affecting fantasy owners. We have Mr. Brian Edwards of the Raiders. He's limited with a hamstring injury. Henry Ruggs, same team. He was limited on Wednesday as well. He's suffering from a knee injury. Both look to be available this week, but that's definitely a situation to monitor. Ricky Seals-Jones, who is a pivot for several players that either have a hurt tight end or a tight end that's on by. It's looking like he's dealing with a quad injury. He was filling in for Logan Thomas there at tight end for the Washington football team. He's been a breath of fresh air. He's been putting up the, the numbers that you expect, at least of a backup tight end. I'm actually doing a little bit better than that. He's earned about a 90% of the offensive snaps, so he's in there. And this may actually affect the Logan Thomas owners long-term as well. But right now, he's 11 for 19 on his targets for 118 yards and a touchdown. And considering this production and the situation, you know, uh, this is definitely one that you want to monitor. I know this is a guy that I was looking at pivoting to with Schultz being on by this week. Um, do we think this is something that's just a we're putting it in the injury report because we have to? Or do we think that this may actually kind of hamper him this weekend? I think it's because we have to, you know, usually when guys are limited, it's usually a pretty decent sign that they may be playing, you know. So the date is Friday, 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 Friday. Yep. Focus on Friday. If the guys are not out there, then that may be a bad sign. But other than that, I think we just have to put the news out. We have Damian Nandola who returned to a full practice. A.J. Brown. He logged another did not practice on Wednesday due to illness. So normally when it's, you know, illness, that that's something that they can kind of, you know, recover from or get over in most cases prior to the weekend. But he doesn't have an injury per se. He's dealing with the illness. Julio Jones mispracticed on Wednesday. He is then still dealing with that hamstring injury. Are we almost at the point now where it's almost time to wave by to Julio? You're in a new offense. It's obvious to anyone that's watching Tennessee play that you guys aren't necessarily on the same page other than the fact that if you don't get it to Henry, you're going to lose. So we may be seeing the beginning of the end of Julio. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I don't I don't feel comfortable putting this guy in my lineup. You know what I mean? Um, It's so crazy. Like, when the news came out that the Titans signed Julio, everybody was like, man, this is crazy. You got A.J. Brown. You have Julio. This You got uh the big dog in the backfield. Man, this is going to be a crazy offense. And it's been none of that. The only consistent that. thing has been Derrick Henry. Yep, so, um, absolutely. If you do have Julio Jones, man, nah. I don't, I don't even care if it's a wide receiver three spot. 
there's a lot of guys I feel more comfortable playing playing than Julio Jones. That's even on the waiver wire. So it's it's gotten that bad. I agree with you. I agree with you a hundred percent. I was looking at the comparison of Julio Jones and AJ Green, and maybe Julio needs what AJ got, which is if you if you want to continue your career, you need to go away and get one hundred percent healthy. Before you attempt to do anything, are you just going to continue to add to your woes? Uh, we got Travis Kelsey, who was limited at practice on Wednesday uh, due to a neck injury, but it seems like he's going to be fine for the week. O.J. Howard was tending to an ankle injury. You have Chase Edmonds, who put in limited work on Wednesday. Now, Chase is interesting to me due to the fact that I was actually looking at the running back snaps and James Conner is actually getting more run right now than Chase Edmonds is. So I don't know if it's a one guy's our banger and we don't want to give Edmonds quite as many carries because he can kind of get dinged up when you use him a little bit too much. Or is James Conner possibly starting to now infringe on Chase Edmonds back there? I think it's the first option. Um, I think they just want to probably limit some of his touches. Connor has definitely been making the most of his situation there in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. it's good to see. A lot of people pretty much wrote him off. Yeah, I think with Edmonds, he's he been dealing with like a shoulder injury for a few weeks now. And I think they're just trying to pretty much play the hot hand because, like you said, he, he is, to me, still the battle cow on the team. You got Rob Gronkowski not practicing yet. You know, he was dealing with those ribs. Uh, he was unable to practice on Wednesday, so we don't have a timetable just yet. Um, and just to remind you guys, not only did he suffer from cracked ribs, he also had a punctured lung. If we remember uh, last year, Tyrod was out the whole year with that 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 puncture from a. Uh, it, now that was from a syringe, but I can only imagine that a syringe puncturing your lung leaves a smaller hole than a rib. So I, I'm no doctor. But I'm just saying like, that that's something that you may want to consider. If someone else has all faith in Gronk and they think he'll be able to get back to before the end of the year what he was doing at the beginning of the year, you might want to look at moving on from that particular player. Just my personal opinion on Gronk. What you guys got there? I don't think you should uh, move on as far as like get him off your roster unless someone sends you a trade for him. We spoke about this a few weeks back. I think if you were a Gronk owner, hopefully you were a Dalton Schultz owner or a Dawson Knox owner. You know, one of those kind of guys that probably been, you know, holding it down the fort for those last couple of weeks for you. But I would definitely still hold this guy for down the line, down the stretch. You know what I'm saying? Because he definitely still, we see what he can be when he does play. Uh, you know, get a a, a a year off season on this belt. So I, I wouldn't release him. I mean, if you could trade him, cool. But I definitely wouldn't uh, just let him go. Yeah, I think, honestly, if I'm Tampa Bay, I just rest them the next two weeks, go into the bye week, and then have them come back after the bye. And uh, so I would hold on to him, too. Probably likely what they may do if he doesn't come back the following week. Yeah, Damian Harrison, who isn't on the injury report, saw a nice turn of events there for Mr. Harris. He's been kind of nicked up the last couple of games. A name that we spoke on last episode, Joe, Sony Michelle, he's missing practice to begin the week with a shoulder injury. We don't yet know the status of Mr. Michelle going into the weekend, but um, Henderson and Michelle are a duo that are going to kind of be leaning on each other um, because I don't I don't I don't honestly see either one of them making it through the year unscathed by serious injury but wishing the best of luck we got uh, Daryl Mooney who's limited in practice he has a growing issue 
Now, Mooney is one of those guys that I believe if he is still on your waiver, go ahead and scoop him up if you have the spot for him. He's definitely going to be one of those wide receivers that that can be boom or bust, but he seems to be getting quite a bit more targets. And with bye weeks and things of that nature coming up, and especially with so many people being on bye at the same time, he'd be a great fill-in. And then Allen Robinson mispracticed with an ankle issue, so we, we don't know how limited or how much of a participant he may be going forward just based on that ankle. But Daryl Mooney's been the wide receiver that's been putting up the most points lately between the two. So it may be a possibility that feels this kind of, you know, starting to lean towards Mooney more so than Robinson. You got Tua Tungvalova, who logged a limited practice on Wednesday. There's a, a lot of hoopla surrounding Tua right now. The latest rumor that Deshaun Watson talks are heating back up again, and they want to try to hammer out a deal before November the 2nd, which will be the NFL's trade deadline. So in those leagues where Watson is out, they're still available for free on the waiver. You might want to throw them on your bench for a couple of weeks, as I suggested a couple of weeks ago, so that way you don't have to compete. You'll be the one in the driver's seat. Your worst case scenario is if he ends up still being a Houston Texan on November 3rd, well, you got an open roster spot. and You go pick up somebody that we're talking about on the roster show for that week. But I'd rather have him uh, sitting, waiting on me than trying to go get him once news breaks that is in the favor of that trade with that being said the other part to that trade was and this is the part that made it make a lot more sense to me to a tongue of Alova going to the washington football team vander you said just last week that heineke tyler heineke just ain't it he, he's not going to be able to make that offense move to a tongue of Aloha, isn't a world beater by any means, but he definitely has, in my opinion, uh, more talent and a, a better skill set than Tyler Heineke. Um, so this trade may actually have some traction to it at this point. The parts that are being spoken of, of moving and where they're looking to be moved to kind of makes sense. So what do you guys have on this one? Uh yeah, when I when I heard the 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 Deshaun talks heat up, I mean I know you spoke uh the losing that Jacksonville game, and I was like okay, the owner of the uh, Dolphins probably like let's let's get back into it a little bit. So I see that now they're evolving evolving the uh, third team. So what is that? So this is my question, like real quick, like so what does that do for Heineke? Because think about it, is Houston gonna just roll with? Well, Tyrod isn't even fully back yet. So that means if they lose uh, Watson, the Dolphins lose Tua. Does Washington give up a quarterback at this point? Do they lose Heineke? Heineke? I think Tyler Heineke will end up just going back to his norm, which is being the backup quarterback. Although Watson is in Houston, he's not really a part of Houston per se. So they're still going to have the same amount of quarterbacks that they had before they made the trade. And then Miami still has uh, Jacoby Brissett, who will be backing up Watson. So everybody will actually have their quarterback and their backup after the trade. Yo, Houston need to do something to get rid of Davis. Mills. <laughs> I don't know that they do. And the reason I say that is because Davis Mills isn't so bad that he can't be your Kirk Cousins to your RG3. And you just hope your RG3 don't get hurt the way RG3 did. But I mean, I, I don't see anything wrong with having a younger, up and coming, cheap backup quarterback versus paying a veteran a whole lot more than what you would a rookie. I mean, Davis Mills is getting paid pennies. I mean, I, I would let him run out his entire rookie contract versus. He, he definitely you know, is pennies yeah i, t- I, mean, I remember, remember i told like y'all pick, something like that? i'm not sure but remember the game i told y'all when he had the little block game and you was like 
is this legit? I'm like, no. I, I mean, trust me, I watched the game, and then you can see he came back the next week and stunk up the place. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Guys, he's 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 horrible, man. But again, he's a rookie, and, and we're talking about a backup QB type of situation. And the three first round picks that they're attempting to get—that's the way they're going to go about getting their quarterback. I also heard a rumor that Cleveland was entertaining a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I that don't want to be... hear it. Cleveland need to stop it. They had every opportunity in the offseason to get Aaron Rodgers, who yeah. would have stamped them in the Super Bowl, Absolutely. I'm pretty sure. So I agree. I don't want to hear it. Leave it alone. They got to do something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let me ask you this. We talked about Baker Mayfield. We have Case Keenum, right. who will be starting this evening for the Browns. Now, the thing with Case if you remember from his days in Minnesota, he's normally good for a game or two. I think he was in Denver, actually. So Denver? he's playing against his old team, yeah. Ah, okay. So we got a little bit of that revenge factor in there. Huh? Right. So we, we've we had games where Case Keenum shows up and he looks like a starting quarterback. Right. Normally, he's a Ryan Fitzpatrick type of a guy. What I mean by that is once the other teams get a bead on you, it goes to hell in a handbasket later on. But you're going to be willing to throw those deep balls. And you're also a guy that knows the game well enough not to screw it up too bad based on the passing numbers that several other quarterbacks were able to put up against Denver in a, in a, in a couple of these games, do you see, where do you see Case Keenum in the in the scheme of things as far as quarterbacks for the week? Like, who would you say he ends up around? Let me give you three. Case Keenum going up against Denver, Mac Jones going up against the Jets, and you have, this uh, was actually the two quarterbacks in, the, in that game. You have Wilson going up against the Patriots. Of those three, how would you rank? Because that's about the tier that I'm seeing with Case. If that's not even the tier, then you can kind of correct me on that as well. All right, so we got Zach Keenum and Jones. Mac, I would have Matt Jones first. Okay. Then Keenum. Okay. Then Zach Wilson. What if what if we throw Teddy in there? Teddy Bridgewater in there. I would have Bridgewater first. Right. Mac okay. Jones. I mean, but Mac, he will be a millimeter in front of Mac Jones. So right. if you had a ranking, one would be uh 18, other would be 19. So that's how close they would be in my ranking. So I have Bridgewater, Matt Jones, Big Gap, Case Keenum, Big Gap, Zach Wilson. Because at the same time, yeah, Case Keenum usually comes out and, you know, uh, he may show a spark here or there. But let's not forget, he's playing with a third string running back. Who, who knows what his receivers going to look like? Guys, he probably don't have really much of a chemistry with. And he's playing against a great defense like Denver. Is Denver's defense still great, though? I mean, it's been a couple of teams kind of put up some decent numbers on them. They've been in some shootouts that nobody thought were going to be shootouts before the game started. Uh, Yeah, they're still viable defense, I mean, but it's still Case Keenum. Who, what teams true. were they in the shootouts with? That's true. Well, I mean, you know I mean? Like, let's say, do, do how, how far do we think Case Keenum is away from Derek Carr? Columbia, South Carolina, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> 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 That's how far. Simple. Simple. Yeah. Gotcha. Enough said. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we definitely have an interesting evening. I just knew for certain that uh, Mayfield was going to go the way he was talking about, you know, it's going to be my decision. And, and you know, I, I play what I want to play, and I feel good about how – go sit down. Man. I think if it was a Sunday game, he would. 
but being that it's a short week, I think they had to be like, hey, you know what I'm saying? He knew it was a short week when he said that shit to begin with. Yeah. But he's he's a, t- hey, he's a tough kid, though. I give he him is. that. He's I mean, a tough he, kid. Look, on Madden, his toughness attribute is going to be a whole lot higher than his accurate attribute. I can tell you that. I don't know, man. I, if I'm the Browns, I, I'm not about to. And this is a contract year for this guy, man. I'm, I'm not about to pay him. I'm sorry. Like, maybe I go get a Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I don't know. And Jimmy stays hurt, but I just know I'm not trying to pay Baker. Like, he He's not it. It's a coincidence that the Browns as a team got better once he was the quarterback. It wasn't because of him. More often than not, it was in spite of him. I think you can go get possibly, hell, give me Daniel Jones behind that offensive line if the Giants make the mistake of letting him go. I guarantee you he's going to be better than Baker Mayfield. But that's just the type of thing that I would be looking for. As well, I mean, even after the season, Aaron Rodgers will still be available. I is- think Aaron Rodgers is trying to flirt with Pittsburgh, and he's doing it quite openly. Did you see some of the comments that he was making about how he feels about the coaching style of Mike Tomlin and how he feels about, you know, how Mike Tomlin goes about getting the job done in the, in the Pittsburgh as an organization, etc. I really believe he's going to try to make that his stop because if you think about it, Pittsburgh has everything that he needs as a quarterback. They have, they will work on their O-line, I'm assuming, this offseason. Okay. They already have the wide receiver. They have the running game. Okay. They have a stellar defense. They have coaching. They have an easier division, in my opinion. I think he can go spank that entire division if he went to Pittsburgh. Honestly, any team that he went to in that division, I think he spanked the rest of the team. So whether he went to Cleveland or Pittsburgh, I think it would be his division. So that would be a man. That would be a sweet spot for him, man. You, you walk yeah, into there, you got a, a great new tight end coming along, young guy. Mm-hmm. You got some young, nice receivers. Like you said, you got a nice running back. Like you said, just patch up that offensive line a little bit, yeah, man. They'll definitely be a, a Super Bowl favorite, in my opinion. I can see that definitely. They have they have a a championship defense now. Are there any? news items that I am neglecting to bring to the forefront at the moment that you guys can think of. No, but you know we'll get into it later. Yeah. We'll find something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always do. But yeah, so let's go ahead and hop into that Rapid Fire 10. And now, Rapid Fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. Who do I start for the week? We got Cordell Patterson or Chris Godwin. I'm I'm not sleeping on Patterson anymore. He's a wide receiver. He's a running back. He has a much higher floor. So I'm going to go with the guy that if he does have a bad week, he's still likely to not screw me over. Give me Patterson. We got James Conner or Mike Davis. Got to go with Conner. As we stated a little bit ago, Conner is actually been getting more than his fair share in that backfield so i can see that same type of a scenario i'm continuing this week and i definitely like the matchup that they have this week so we'll we'll get into that a little bit more when we start talking about matchups definitely but i like connor this week we got marquez calloway or brandon iu garbage or trash okay give me calloway at least I can hope for that long bomb touchdown. One thing about the San Francisco offense that I'm noticing, all of them are healthy. Debo is the man. Outside of that, that's when your uh, Kittles and Ayukes of the world shine quite a bit more. We got Ernest Johnson or Elijah Mitchell. Hmm, I like that one. I like the volume that Ernest Johnson is going to get simply because there really aren't many other options to go to. However, Mitchell Mitchell seems to have that juice. 
Um, he seems to be the quintessential back that that's perfect for San Fran being able to get around that edge. He's like a Mostart type. When in doubt, I got to go with the running game that I revere the most, which is going to be the San Fran running game. And the fact that Mitchell is actually a starting running back prior to injury versus someone who's basically a third, fourth on the depth chart filling. We got Jacoby Myers or Tyler Boyd. I like Myers because he tends to get more targets. Uh, This week going against the Jets, that slot receiver is going to be very much important. So I like Myers' uh, situation uh, and matchup a little bit more. Okay, we got Leonard Fournette or Ice Kuba Hubbard. I'm going to go with the the more powerful offense. Um, Right now it's looking like Carolina needs Christian McCaffrey to return like yesterday. Um, Hubbard hasn't done terribly he's holding serve but yeah give me the guy that is an actual starter okay we got zach Ertz or noah font no i really like this i'm gonna go with noah because he's necessary for denver's offense Ertz, i believe is going to take a week or two to acclimate kind of learn the playbook get used to his new quarterback but he'll definitely be someone that you may possibly want to buy low on for when the playoff times come around and, and he's one, he's going to be one of those uh, bigger red zone targets for Arizona. So I like his long-term prognosis this week though. I'm a little leery. Okay. We got Javante Williams or Alex Collins. If Alex Collins goes, which I haven't seen anything indicating that he won't, he's right now. Um, Pete Carroll saying he's questionable to start this week, but if he starts, I'm going to start him. He has the juice. He's one of those running backs that kind of like almost like a James Conner. He has the juice and he can go, but at some point in time, he's probably going to get hurt. That's why I was trying to figure out what Pete Carroll was trying to do, just running that man into the ground. I I get Chris Carson uh, wasn't healthy, but you got five running backs on your depth chart. Like Everyone that has ever seen Collins play football knew that with that volume, he was going to get hurt. So I hope he plays, but I hope he doesn't get quite as many carries as he was getting before. They're also one of those teams that were uh, interested in Marlon Mack. Yeah, So let's were. see if uh, anything come out of that um, during the week. All right, we got Jalen Waddle or A.J. Green. It's a cool one. It depends on my predicament. If I'm, if I'm projected to lose, give me Waddle. He's the wild card. He's the one that may be able to pop off. He has the higher upside, but if I'm slated to win and I need somebody to hold it in the road, that could also pop off. Give me green for that situation. So it's just going to kind of depend on team makeup. If I, if I need a just a solid holding in the road, wide receiver three, give me green. If I need someone that I, I legit need to help me win a week, give me wild. I like that answer. And last but not least, we got Tyler Higby or Ricky Seals-Jones. This is all about injury to me. If Jones is good to go, you go with Jones because at this point he's going to be like the second or possibly third receiver um, behind uh, Scary Terry, J.D. McKissick, and they really don't have any other wide receivers to speak of. So he's going to be like the, the third pass catcher there. So volume and the likelihood of him being able to get a touchdown based on doubling Scary Terry and J.D. kind of focusing on the run game more so than the pass, I, I think he's going to be one of those guys that, that can – Really surprised you this week. And that concludes our Rapid Fire 10. Rapid Fire 10. Bro Joe had to hop off.
he had some landscapers that were on both sides of his house. So he can't hear anything and you wouldn't be able to hear any of us with all of the machinery they got going right. So bro, Joe will be able to hop on the next show, but we're going to continue to bang it on out. So your matchups for this week, we've already kind of talked about the Broncos versus the Browns matchup that's going on this evening. Uh, The Broncos are a two point underdog. Now, this is interesting to me with a 41 point over under. Um, it's interesting to me just because this has been updated now after the injuries that the Browns are suffering and the Broncos are still an underdog. So I don't know if this is Vegas, Vegas's way of saying Case Keenum isn't that much worse than a quarterback that they had in there before or what? But the Browns defense is going to kind of step up and this is going to be a a lower scoring affair. But I do believe that both quarterbacks will end up with two touchdowns, two touchdowns, maybe 250 yards somewhere in that frame. Yeah, I think that was Vegas way of saying the Cleveland defense is going to be pretty good tonight. You know, on the offensive end, I don't like anybody from either team, honestly. When it comes mm. to offensive players, I'm not a fan of anyone. So if you have a pivot, you would avoid the game. And I don't know if you've noticed, but just traditionally speaking, Thursday games tend to be a little bit lower scoring in general. I attempt, unless I have a ringer, to avoid the Thursday games anyway. It is a short week, and maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe they don't have, well, obviously they don't have the same amount of time to prepare. Maybe their bodies haven't quite recovered the way they would on a normal week. But Thursday games just seem to be a little bit, you know, a little bit lower scoring. So just something else to kind of keep in mind. Next matchup, we have the Chiefs that are going to be going against the Titans, and the Chiefs are only a five-and-a-half-point favorite. So we got to talk about the elephant in the room. The Chiefs are a three-and-three team. They aren't scaring anybody this year. I still believe they're going to win this game, but the fact that they're only a five-and-a-half-point favorite, less than a touchdown favorite, is kind of uh, speaking volumes. But this is a 57 and a half point over under. Wow. So lots of points being scored in this one. I think the Titans have the recipe to beat them. Um, I know a lot of people are going to pick the Chiefs, but they have a run game. And with that run game, you can very well keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. Everybody know the Chiefs are horrible versus the run. In the past. Hell, they are, yeah, they're horrible <laughs> against everything right now. So yeah, uh, I'm hoping this is a game where Tanny Hill can get back to being him because – He's been disappointing this year, yeah. especially yeah. where you drafted him at. So his ADP and, and the production you're getting out of him, it doesn't match up. So this is the definitely the uh, matchup that can probably get him back to being Tannehill. So. And just by default, because, I mean, worst-case scenario, garbage time counts too. Uh, so right. even if the Chiefs spank him in the first half, that means they're going to be passing for – pretty much they got to pass the ball the entire game. Um, Henry is definitely going to – so it, it kind of – it kind of works both ways because Henry is how you keep the Chiefs off the field. But if the Chiefs start scoring, you can't really milk the clock and take away the time you need right. to be able to come back. So it's a, you know, six and one and half a dozen in the other. So I think it'll be a good matchup. This will be a game that I'm kind of looking forward to minimally seeing the highlights on Red Zone. So we have the Washington football team that's going to be going against the Packers. Now, with this particular game, it's a seven and a half point spread uh, with the Packers being the favorite. And we have a 49 point over under. 
the football team is going to be passing from minute one of this game, and they're pretty much going to have to pass the entire time. I can see both sides putting up a decent amount of points, but I definitely like the Packers in this. Yeah, I think this is one of those games where Rodgers is going to just go bonkers. I mean, Washington football team has given up a lot to the pass, and nothing we didn't catch in the injury news. What's the update on Antonio Gibson in this game? So he's still dealing with that shin and that calf injury. We haven't had anything definitive that stating that he won't play this weekend yet, but it's he, he's going to lose touches in the best case scenario. Yeah, I like Aaron Jones a lot in this matchup too. The Washington football team seem to have issues with guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield. So you've seen what Camaro done. You've seen what uh, Cordell Patterson done. So Aaron Jones definitely probably have a great game also. And we just had some news that broke indicating that Baker Mayfield is going to need surgery. They're saying that he's going to opt to get the surgery at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, he's going to try to play through the torn labrum now. Here's the issue with that for Baker. This is a contract year. You look like crap, and I'm going to pay you right before you get a surgery? That may make you continue to look like crap? You don't you, you land on that arm, which you're going to at least a couple of times a game. Man, like things are going left for Baker, in my opinion. I I, I wouldn't trust him. I, I wouldn't want him to be my franchise guy. He's just not a franchise quarterback. Like they made the mistake by drafting this guy that early. And they also made a mistake by keeping him this long. Like Absolutely. He's just not what the doctor ordered, you know. And it's funny, the Cleveland Browns are so close. They had the nucleus to win a, a championship. I mean, you had the best offensive line in football. You had probably two of the top eight running backs in football. Who, yeah. who had, you know, who Absolutely. has, you know what I mean? So you don't see that every day. You have a all pro defensive book, you have bookends, all pros, Clowney, Miles Garrett is a top two yeah. pass rusher, maybe behind you know, him and, and Watt. You have a pretty solid secondary. Like this team is loaded. Honestly, the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo could take this team to the Super Bowl. Like, seriously. I, I, I believe that's possible, but I keep going back to in the offseason when you had the opportunity to get Aaron Rodgers, you didn't pull the trigger. They doubled down on Baker Mayfield and said, no, this is our guy, so just sink with it the shit. what it is now. Yeah. yeah, the Titanic is going down and the band's still playing. That's basically the situation that they're in. <laughs> so, right. Uh, you got the Panthers that are going to be going up against the Giants. This game is only a three-point spread with the Giants being the underdogs. The over-under here is only 43 points. I like the Panthers' defense in this game. The, the Giants are still quite discombobulated as far as all these moving pieces, who's hurt, who's not hurt. Um, the Panthers are adding their additional and possibly best defensive piece with Gilmore. All right. Um, right. So he's going to be, uh, this should be his first week playing uh, with the Panthers in that secondary. You already have, best case scenario, Galladay isn't going to go. Gilmore doesn't need any help at all stopping either Slayton or Shepard, whichever one you choose to put him on. Booker is just the guy. I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I don't see where their offense is going to come from. Um, and Kadarius Tony, I don't think he's going to play this week also. He's hurt. Yeah, he's um, still hurt. So you think uh, Gilmore is going to have a full complement? In this game, I don't like, think it'll matter. And the reason I say that is even the guy that they got, what was it, uh, C.J. Henderson that they got, that they got from the Jaguars a couple of weeks ago, he can lock down what, what the Giants are going to put out there at receiver. I don't think it's going to matter. They're, they're too banged up right now. And Daniel Jones, with that offensive line, he's going to be running for his life. I mean, he, he may be the, 
their best running back on this weekend. So That's true. Um, we had the Jets going up against the Patriots. We kind of talked about that just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but the Jets are a seven-point underdog. This is a 42-and-a-half-point over-under, so a little bit of a, a, a lower over-under in this one. I can definitely see the Patriots doing the same thing that they did to the Jets the first time. First time, they were at the Jets' house. Now the Jets got to come see us. Right. Um, and now the the biggest difference when we played them the first time, and watch what I tell you on this one, Jamison Crowder did not play in that game. Jamison Crowder we, is the wide receiver that they have that we tend to have the most issues with. He's very quick, more so than top-end fast. So he's he's kind of like a more polished Jacoby Myers, essentially. So I think he's going to be the outlet, if you will, for Zach Wilson. But I don't believe that the Jets are going to put up very many points at all. I actually think this game is going to go under. Both teams know each other too well. And the defenses are going to be hungry. That's going to be the staple of each team. Unless you're in a full PPR league and we're talking about guys, again, like Jamison Crowder or Jacoby Meyer, those would be the only guys I feel comfortable playing. I do feel comfortable playing uh, Damian Harris, not so much any of the Jets running backs because they're kind of in a full committee as well. So, right. um, But Damian Harris and then a Jacoby Meyer and Jamison Crowder would be the guys I would feel comfortable with. But if you got to roll people out, especially being that it's a bye week, you got to do what you got to do. That is my comfortability level as far as this particular matchup. is. Yeah, I agree. Play the Patriots defense, why don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, four sacks, four interceptions last time these guys met. And now they got him at home. You have Jamie Collins now on the team. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just huge difference. Plug, yeah, for sure. So don't see how this game is only seven. I was thinking nine, nine and a half. At least honest. ten. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially with it being at home. Thought they'd probably give him an extra three points, but hey. So, so in other words, they're basically saying it's only a four point game when we're giving you the three because you're at home. So, right. That's interesting. Scary. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not exactly like Mac Jones lit it up against the Jets when he played on the first time either, though. So, I mean. No, but they didn't have see. to. I mean, you know Belichick, man. If you if you run defense is weak, he's going to run it many, a million times. Right. And if your pass right. defense is weak, he's not going to run. Like, look at when they played uh, Tampa Bay. They didn't run the ball at all. That's true. You know what I mean? So, he's, he's going to play the numbers game. Like, if you're bad at one thing, he's going to attack that. Mac Jones didn't have to be that. They was going to run it down their throat. Might be the same game plan this go around. Oh, for sure. We got the uh, Falcons going up against the Dolphins. This is only a two and a half point spread with the Dolphins being the underdogs. They're at home. So they're almost three point dogs at home. 47 and a half point over under on this one. I like this to be a get right game for the Falcons. I like Patterson. I like Ridley. I like Matt Ryan. I like the Falcons as a whole in this. I yeah. don't like anybody on the Dolphins. Any week. I'm hoping that the, this is the game that, like we talked about 10 here earlier, right? Mm -hmm. The ADP. I'm hoping this is the game that really finally gives that owner his return on investment. Absolutely. Um, because going into the season, I thought this guy was going to challenge uh, Kevin Johnson's receiving rate. As far yeah, as, I remember us talking about yeah, that. Yeah, as far as yards. I thought he was going to be like one of those yard guys, but it hasn't come out. And I think maybe it's the maybe it's the coordinator they have now that's not using him correctly. I don't know. But hopefully this is the game they finally get back together. And also interested in seeing uh, if Kyle Pitts can continue, continue. on his best game of the season 
uh, against the Dolphins. So, yeah. And that only helps Ridley, in my opinion, if Pitts can continue his maturation process. We still have no idea what his personal issue was that the team didn't disclose that caused him to miss time. So maybe it's not the coach. Maybe it's not anything physically. Maybe he just mentally wasn't into it due to whatever was going on in his personal life. That's a, a tick in the right direction as well. Just the fact that he got his personal stuff together. So we shall see. Um, we have the Bengals going up against the Ravens. This is a six and a half point spread. This spread is actually quite a bit larger than I thought it was going to be, especially since how they're in the same division. And both teams seems to have the arrow pointing up. This is a 47 point over under and the Bengals are underdogs by six and a half points. They're expecting the Ravens to do what they did last week. Pretty much. I kind of like the Bengals pass game against the Ravens. I kind of like their, if they utilize the edge versus trying to go straight up the middle and meeting Calais Campbell face on, I think they can do a bit of damage in the run game as well. I can see this being a back and forth, and I do see it going over as well. You know, I don't think this is a game that uh, Lamar Jackson is going to be Lamar Jackson. As far as the running or the passing? Or both? Both. I mean, I think this is going to be one of those Lamar Jackson games. Maybe he do throw a touch, uh, two touchdowns or so but he only had 180 yards passing. You know what I mean? Um, Would it be because he didn't need anything else or because he couldn't do anything else? Maybe a little both because the Cincinnati defense is actually pretty decent. They're actually pretty decent this year. And they've been playing him well in the past. You know what I mean? He hasn't thrown over 200. Like, they played him twice last year, of course. He Mm -hmm. didn't throw over 200 yards in any of those games. So I think the recipe to slow him down, of course, I think the Ravens is going to win this game. But I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to throw the cape on that people may think. And also, I want to monitor this whole Latavius Murray thing because um he was yeah. out last week. Ankle injury. We forgot to talk about that one. Right. It, was, it wasn't a new injury, though. Right. And we've seen where Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon actually split carries. They both scored, but uh, Devontae did carry the ball a little better. So if you can't get that run game going, it could get really interesting to see how this thing uh, fares out. We have the Lions going against the Rams. They should just go ahead and, and just not not let anyone get hurt and just let the game be forfeited. Give the Rams like 35 points and just 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 call it a game. <laughs> this game isn't going to do anything for anybody unless you got people on the Rams. I don't see the Lions doing a damn thing, like nothing. Like they could legit end up with two field goals by the end of this game. That's what I see coming from their side of the house. Golf is going to suck. Hawkinson is going to get bracketed. They don't really have any other pass catchers. You got Swift going up against Aaron Donald. Good luck with that shit. I just don't see the Lions producing very much at all. They are a 15-point underdog. They're the second second highest underdog this week, but it's a 50-and-a-half point over-under, which means Vegas got ahead of the Rams. Got everybody on the damn Rams team might be putting up a touchdown this week. And that may actually, you asked a question earlier. I believe it was Higby versus uh, Ricky Seals-Jones. Right. I, I don't know, man. Higby might look up and get two touchdowns in this game. I, I, I don't know. Like, like That may be a pivot. That I, and then looking at there's a 50-and-a-half point over-under versus with the Washington football team, the over-under is at 49, and there's seven-and-a-half point dogs, which means they're not going to score very many touchdowns. And unless you're in the PPR league, something like that, I, I don't know. You Tight ends are normally tight and uh, touchdown dependent anyway. I don't know. Maybe I'm changing my mind on the fly here about what could possibly go down. You have the two quarterbacks that going against their old teams. So they're going to be motivated. I think Stafford going to go out here and sling it around. Man. Like, is this game is in Detroit or is it in L.A.? It's in L.A. Oh, well, I guess that man, golf. So on top of everything else, is in L.A. Hmm. 
I know golf. He want to definitely come out and have one of those games, but I don't think he which has, is why he's going to throw three interceptions. Yeah, he don't have the <laughs> the the ability. I don't think the tools, the, the people around yeah, him to, don't have to the guard him. Around him. And I know that defense is going to be licking their chops. Man, look, finally they're going to try to hurt that boy. Yeah, they're going to finally be able to get a hit on him. No red jersey this game, man. Right. This ain't practice. That part. So this is going to be a good one. I'm Even in the props, man, I'm looking. I think they had uh, Matthew Stafford. It was 280 yards passing. I think oh, I'm going to take the over. Over. <laughs> over. Kind of maybe lock that in. It's over for sure. I would actually take a chance on almost any Ram that has a prop to get a touchdown. I like Henderson to score I love in this Henderson game. Getting a, getting a score. I love Why Woods to get a score. I love Cup to get a score. I mean, like this really could be a four touchdown game for Matthew Stafford. Like seriously, we have the Eagles going up against the Raiders. This is only a three point difference in this one with the over under being 49 and a half. I'm not sure which way to lean on. And the reason I say that is what I've noticed in the past is that a lot of times when teams have that hiccup or that that bump in the road and referring to what happened with John Gruden, that first game out, everybody's motivated and confident and want to win one for the gift. That next game, though is where you tend to see the deficiencies that were left behind by whomever it was that is no longer there. I'm kind of kind of undecided on the way I think this one is going to go, but I can see both teams putting up decent numbers here. I still don't necessarily trust any of the Eagles wide receivers. It's kind of difficult to ascertain which is going to be the go-to for that particular game. I do absolutely love Dallas Goddard with Ertz being gone. Yes. So Goddard, He's one of those guys that I would now feel comfortable playing in my flex spot if I have another tight end to put in the tight end spot. Because he, right. he, in my opinion, is going to be the go-to pass catcher for the Eagles at this point. So. And I agree totally. And to think about that also, both of these teams come in as very bad against the tight end. Yeah. So um, I definitely think this maybe Waller can finally get back going again true, because true. he had the one blowout game against Baltimore and then he kind of like start fitting in with the crowd. Baby so. to the back. Yep. Right. So I definitely like both tight ends in this game. And like you said before, as far as the Eagles, I'm not a fan of any running backs, not a fan of the wide receivers. You must be a fan of the quarterback because he has the ability to run. Yep. But other than that, those are all the, are the key guys I'll be focused on fantasy wise. And, you know, you got Hurts. Um, I guess you must play the guard being a quarterback and then the tight ends, but not too much of a fan of any other skill positions on both sides. You have the Texans going up against the Cardinals, which presents itself as the largest spread at mm-hmm. 17 and a half. So Jesus. in the NFL, <laughs> in the NFL, it, 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 real quick, before you get into it, I know you remember, I've never seen spreads like that except the year. And this is the only time ever in my years of watching football. When the New England Patriots was on that run with Randy Moss, yep. the mm-hmm. spreads were 21, 24. Yep. I'm like, what? But in the NFL, if you ever see a spread as 20, and this wasn't like just, okay, because they're playing against the Jets. No, no, no. This is week to week. Yep. The spread was 21, 17, 24, 14, 17. I'm like. And they covered a whole lot and, of those. And been covering them. You know what <laughs> I mean? And was it, Right, exactly. So for me to see a 17-point spread, gosh. It's hard. But here's the thing, though. I'm taking into account the talent on both teams. If you take out Cook, what else they got? You're going to be able to get to the quarterback. They don't have much of an O-line. You've been able to get to much better quarterbacks through much better O-line. I don't see Mills doing much at all, like at all. 
not again garbage time counts too so maybe when the cardinals stop caring you know cooks will be able to you know get in his normal 80 80 yards and possibly get a touchdown in garbage time something like that but this is going to be a straight up ass with the over unders <laughs> at 47 and a half and i think probably 40 of those 47 and a half is going to go to the card man we got the Bears uh, going against the Buccaneers. So this is a hmm. 12 and a half point over under with obviously the Bears being the underdog with a 47 with a 47 point over under the 12 and a half point spread. Start your Buccaneers if you got them. Um, the Bears defense doesn't scare me as it once did in the past. On the opposite side of that, I'm also going to say start your Bears if you got them because they will literally have to throw the ball the entire time. They are not going to be able to run on this team. And the only option you have is to continuously pass. So I like Mooney this week if you're looking for a pivot play. I kind of like Allen Robinson, but Mooney's been shining. Mooney's the one that's more likely to be out there. If you don't already have Robinson, just based on name, he would be someone that you would have to trade to probably go get. Mm -hmm. uh, if we're talking like DFS, um, I would I would definitely grab Mooney. Um, but outside of that, there aren't too many bears that I'm really clocking for in this one. I agree, man. I'm, I'm, it's just sad to see fields i mean i'm just not happy with how they're using this kid man it's man but i mean everybody know that the buccaneers shuts everything down run wise so i mean they, they back in is the, the i mean maybe Allen robinson finally finally gets it together if he can't get together against this team hey man go find somewhere else to go yeah you, well it, that's what you want to do anyway yeah, Remember, I'm, he didn't sign. He didn't sign that uh that extension. That, that, that he's playing on the franchise tag this year, and surely they won't franchise him twice. Yeah, he man, if he can't score against the Bucks, man, geez. it's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> it's a problem. Sheesh. You got the Colts going up against the 49ers. This is only a four point over under with the with the Colts being the underdog with a 44 point over under. This is going to be interesting in the fact that. I believe the spread in this one should be a little wider than what it is. I think the coach should be more of an underdog than they are. Whenever you have a good coach and he has the opportunity to prepare for you for two weeks, that's normally a problem. I, I believe that the Colts are going to end up losing by at least a, a touchdown in this one um, because they've been properly and specifically prepared for for an extended amount of time. That's kind of the way I look at that. No, I agree with you on that. I don't really have much to say about this game. Fight the 49ers. But I do Absolutely. like Jonathan Taylor. He's been on a, on, a, on a tear. And the 49ers' defense is not the 49ers' defense of old. Of old, yeah. So You're I right. definitely think Jonathan Taylor would have a – can have a – Really good game this week. Real quick, this just and the Eagles just activated Dallas Goddard off of the COVID, COVID. right? Stuff. So, stuff. hey, fire him up. Dallas Goddard is going to be a very, very, very good play this week, in my opinion. You have the Saints going up against the Seahawks. Four and a half point spread over under at 43. And the Seahawks are the underdogs. This game, I kind of see going exactly the way Vegas has it. I don't think the Saints are good enough to blow them out. But I do believe they're going to be good enough to win. It'll be somewhat of a close game. I do like Jameis Winston in this game. I do like Kamara in this game. And Deontay Harris I like uh, because he's been the one that's been kind of the, the go-to, if you will. Marquez Calloway has kind of been the boomer bust guy. I like all of the uh, Saints pass catching options. Just because I know we have Geno Smith in there. He's not the, the best at QB. But I don't believe that. They're going to be able to get much traction with the running game if Collins doesn't go, which is going to bode well for the fantasy wide receivers in this one. I don't like either or any of the tight ends. Poor Seattle. 
the Saints is a really good defense. And this game is in Seattle. I think I like Jameis. I like Kamara in this game, of course. You can fire up those guys. As far as the pass catches for the Saints, we don't know who it's going to be. But I do not like Lockett, and I do not like Metcalf in these games. These guys are just not who they are with, with the guy, you know, without Russ. So Geno came out when uh, Russell got hurt and looked pretty good. And then he started last week and like, yeah, this is Geno. This is who we have. <laughs> so I don't like any of the Seattle Seahawks in this game at all. I can dig it. I can dig it. Uh, lastly, we have our start of the week and our sneaky start. My start of the week is actually going to be a guy that you might be able to pick up off of your waivers. I'm using this guy as my start of the week because of that fact. So it doesn't really do most of you any good to give you a start of the week that you can't get your hands on unless you make a trade. And right. who's going to make a trade for one week? With all that being said, I truly expect the Ernest Johnson to have somewhere in the area of 60 yards and a touchdown playing for Cleveland this evening against Denver. So if you need a bye week fill-in, a guy that you can grab off probably the waivers, the Ernest Johnson, DFS as well. Um, he's going to be really cheap, but the Ernest Johnson is going to be my start of the week. One, because he's available. Two, because of the volume that he is most likely to get because there really isn't much behind him at all. And three, because I don't believe that Cleveland is going to all of a sudden become a pass first team with the backup QB. So that is my start of the week. Mr. Dearness Johnson, mm -hmm. my sneaky start. If you can possibly find AJ Green on the waiver, I actually found him in two leagues still sitting on the waiver. And it's funny because apparently they don't do the waiver by most points. They do the waiver by most transactions. So the people that are more quote unquote popular, if you will, mm -hmm. they're a little bit ahead of the others. Whether it's A.J. Green, whether it's Rondell Moore, find a pass catcher for Arizona and start them. Arizona is going to put up a ton of points. And the one thing about this offense is they could be beating you by 20. They're still going to run their offense. They aren't just going to go into a <laughs> shell and keep running. So it might be the fourth quarter and it's 40 to 15. They will still throw the ball. My sneaky start is essentially any Arizona wide receiver that you can get your hands on that's out mm -hmm. there being the main four. You probably can't get Hopkins unless you already got them. But A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, and Rondell Moore. I have a dark throw if you need a bye week fill-in with any of those. And then the start of the week, the Ernest Johnson, the Cleveland running back. Man, me honestly, man, I don't really have any sneaky guys this week. I think it's pretty much across the board. We get to that point of season where you play with what you have. You know what I mean? Um, I don't really have any 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 sneaky guys this week for this week. I have one additional sneaky start. Mooney is still out there. The Chicago wide receiver Mooney is still out there for quite a bit of leagues. Because I expect them to be behind pretty much the entirety of the game, I could see him getting several, um, at least attempts, a 40, 50 yard pass might break one off. So I got one for you then. So do these owners play Mooney or do they play AJ Green? Because Mooney had the better matchup. But, I would go with But AJ Mooney. had the more high power offense. 
I would go with Mooney just because he's one of only two wide receivers on that team yeah. in a game where you're going to have to pass the entire game. Like with AJ, I believe that he's going to get his share, but who ends up with the touchdowns will kind of be here or there. Um, you're kind of like rolling the dice, you know, a little bit of a lottery ticket there. Uh, but with Mooney, just his yards alone, based on the team he's going against, and the fact that he only needs like two receptions to get his yard, that would be the guy that I think actually has the higher floor. So again, it depends on whether you're projected to win and you need somebody to hold it in the road, that's A.J. Green. But right. Mooney would be akin to your Waddle that I was speaking of earlier in the comparison, uh, where if, if I need a guy that you know might pop off for 90 yards and a touchdown, whether it's in garbage time or throughout the game, I would trust Mooney to that more than I would A.J. Green. I dig it. And that pretty much wraps up the show. Um, again, you guys, we are at fantasy underscore fiend, F-E-I-N on Twitter, fantasy football fiend on IG, and the fantasy football fiend family Facebook group. The Facebook group is growing exponentially. I almost said, I want to say it like 300 people now. We've had somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,500 downloads in the last couple of months. So thank you guys for uh, listening. We hope that you are enjoying what you hear. By all means, follow us, subscribe on your various podcast platforms. Other than that, we out. Mm-hmm.